This episode of Fantasy Baseball in 15 is brought to you by GoToMeeting. How's working from home been going for you? Remarkably Remote from GoToMeeting will help you succeed in today's new normal. In just three minutes or less, we'll share simple but helpful tips to keep you on track. From managing your motivation, workload, and relationships to hosting and attending virtual events that keep you connected with your clients and colleagues. So check out Remarkably Remote on your favorite podcasting platform or head to gotomeeting.com slash tips. 15. We would normally be at the quarter mark of the season, so let's check in on what one sim suggests could have happened. Like death and taxes, Dodgers get a Dodger. I have not had the three cold brews yet. Got ahead of me on uh, my my caffeine question, so glad glad to know that there's been uh, some caffeination in your life. I'm just glad I am not at the dentist. Fantasy in 15 on the Athletic Podcast Network. Welcome to Fantasy Baseball 15 for Tuesday, May 12th. I'm Al Melkier, and I am here with Michael Beller. And Michael, uh, the uh, process uh, is, is sort of plotting forward towards uh, at least the presentation of a plan for a 2020 season. Uh, DVR and I talked about on the Monday episode how the uh, owners were going to try to uh, finalize their proposal they did do that on monday and so as expected on tuesday the owners uh are uh planning to uh make their proposal to the uh to the players union so uh, we should have something uh much more concrete uh, very very soon uh and in other developments the 2021 world baseball classic has been canceled according to a report from enrique rojas of espn deportes but can you believe, Michael, that uh, at this point we would normally be a quarter through the Major League season? Yeah, right. I, I wish we could say that uh, we were at that point right now, but uh, it's, it's crazy how uh, everything has blended together. And uh, it doesn't necessarily feel like we would be that far into the season. Maybe that's just me, but uh, right here we are. Every team would have played somewhere in the neighborhood of 40 games. We'd have a good feel for uh, the players who were breaking out, the teams who were uh, surprising us or disappointing us. Uh, would love to have seen it play out, but at least we can still talk about what maybe it would have looked like. Right, so that's exactly what we're going to do. As we've talked about on some previous episodes, Stratomatic has been doing a sim, and they're doing it according to the actual Major League schedule. So you know, unlike our uh, alternate universe that we're doing through uh, out of the park, Park baseball here at the athletic uh, where we've got we've, we've been going a little bit fast on that one mm-hmm. working a little bit ahead which is kind of cool because we get to see those results pile up but Stratomac has been doing it you know pretty much a game a day uh, as with the normal schedule so we've got simulated results from them on what it would look like at the quarter mark of the season and uh, the simulated Royals in this one still really good uh, 24 and 16 record uh, meanwhile, the, some of the disappointing teams would include the Angels, White Sox, and Mets, all of whom are on a pace in the simulation to fall below 70 wins. Uh, does well, I would I'd be surprised if you weren't surprised about the Royals in the simulation. <laughs> but uh, do do any of these? Let me put it this way: Do any of these not surprise you? Um, 
the, the Mets wouldn't have come as a huge shock to me, I feel like, at this point of the season. The Sim, the Strat Sim has them at 17 and 24. They were going to be playing this year without Noah Syndergaard. Um, there was always sort of questions about what the offense was going to look like this season. It was a team that I felt had a wide range of outcomes. So 17 and 24 for them through their first 41 wouldn't have been a huge surprise to me. That's really the one here that I could say uh, that would have been the least of a surprise. I expected the White Sox to be a good competitive team this year. I really believed in that offense. I think all of us would be very surprised by a 24 and 17 Royals team. Although they've got something else, something about the uh, something about whatever they've got and simulations really like this Kansas City Royals team. So uh, maybe there was something we were missing uh, back in March. You know, it's hard to figure out because in, in all of the simulations that I've looked at where the Royals are doing well, which is really almost all the ones that I've looked at, uh, the pitching hasn't been great. Uh, it's not been terrible, but, um, you know, Mike Montgomery's been okay. I think he actually leads the sim in run support, so that's not really a credit to him. But, um, you know, it's really been the offense in all these sims. And Nicky Lopez in particular, uh, really the big surprise there. So I'm not sure what that says about the Sims or about Nicky Lopez or about either. But let's take a look at some of the other players who have been really tearing it up in this particular Sim because, you know, first of all, it gives us an opportunity to talk about these players and the possibility that maybe they really could be this good in a 2020 season. And, uh, you know, if nothing else, you maybe uh, get us thinking about certain things that maybe, you know, could happen in the, the season uh, in general. So, Let's start with the simulated leader in batting average, and this one seems really, I will say unlikely, certainly surprising, Fran Mel Reyes, a 366 average through uh, a quarter of the season, and uh, Reyes uh, just under a 30% strikeout rate in uh, his you know somewhat brief major league career, but let's say that he got that down to 24%. I don't think that's completely crazy or unrealistic. He his strikeout rates in the minors were were decent, not, you know, not great, not terrible. Uh so let's say he he makes that adjustment and he he gets it down to 24%. In 2019, there were 69 hitters with at least 400 plate appearances with a strikeout rate of at least 24%. Only 3 of them, Yoan Moncada, David Dahl, and I think Nelson Cruz was the third. Uh, yep. Only three of them hit 300 or higher. Uh, another seven, in addition to those three, hit 280 or higher. So Reyes obviously wouldn't hit you know 360 plus over the course of a season. Probably Maybe not. there's some chance if everything broke right, if he got his strikeout rate just down a little bit and had a little bit higher than a, a expected Babbitt range, or maybe a lot more uh, than we would expect. Maybe he could hit 280. Yeah, I mean, I think that that's something that's in his uh, in his range of outcomes. He's a guy who I really liked coming into this season, and if we are looking at a July and on 2020 campaign, a guy who I will be going after wherever I can, obviously we know what he brings to the table. It's power production. And that's why I think that no matter what his uh, rates might be, no matter what his ratios might be, his batting average and his OBP, he's going to be someone who you should be very interested in if you have a draft or auction ahead of you for 2020 or uh, 2021 when we pick things back up with a full season. That power is legit. Everything that he has done to this point of his career tells us the power is legit. The exit velocity is great. The barrels are great. I mean, this is a guy who will hit for power guaranteed. And so when you go in with that as a no doubt about it, lock it in foundation, then it gives you more reason to see the rosy side 
of things. And I think he can be a 280 hitter, a 340 OBP guy, and easily a 520, 530 slugging percentage guy. That's a very valuable player. I like him in the middle of that lineup. You've got a lot of on-base guys that we expect to hit in front of him. Francisco Lindor, Jose Ramirez, Carlos Santana, three guys who get on base a ton. I think Framel Reyes is going to challenge for the league lead in RBIs of the season. Now, whether he hits 280, 366, somewhere <laughs> in between, or even somewhat a little bit less than that, he's going to have a lot of RBI opportunities, and the power is for real. Yeah, I'll, I'll take the under on the 280, um, <laughs> but I'll agree with you on the RBIs. Uh, he doesn't you know, need to be a well above average hitter for batting average to uh, to help in home runs and RBIs and, and, and probably in runs scored as well. Another pretty surprising result is that the leader in steals in the sim is Christian Yelich. I mean, it's not the most uh, out of left field uh, uh, option that you could imagine, but uh, he's got 14. So, you know, you prorate that that puts him on a 56 steal pace for the simulated 2020 season. And again, we're talking about it, you know, a 162 game season, not what we would actually have this year if they play. But uh, last year, Yelich stole 30 bases and 32 attempts. That was a career high for him. So it's a, it's an unusual trajectory for Yelich because you figure somebody who's getting into the prime of their career, really blossoming as a power hitter and a run producer, usually expect those players to see their stolen base production drop and drop significantly. Uh, so for Yelich, it was very much the opposite. Um, I'm definitely taking the uh, the under on 56 deals in a full season from <laughs> Christian Yelich. Sure. But uh, do you? I mean, what do you think? What would you put a percentage on in terms of another 30 stolen base pace season for Yelich? 20 percent. I think that the 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 reason why players uh, who have their their power numbers climb inevitably see their steals numbers drop is because what they do in the power department is a whole lot more valuable than what they do in the steals department. And sure, the the risk of getting injured on a stolen base attempt is small, but every time you make that attempt, you're putting yourself out there. Maybe you get hit by an errant throw from the catcher. Maybe you slide head first and jam uh, your wrist or break your thumb. There's a little bit of risk associated in every single stolen base attempt. And the Brewers would much rather have Christian Yelich have zero steals but play 162 games, then 30 steals, but also miss a month of the season uh, because he uh, you know, had strained a wrist on a stolen base attempt. So I think that the chances of him being on a 30-steal pace are low. The reason why I still get excited about his steals potential is the success rate of last year, 30 out of 32. That is incredible, and that is a guy who is a very good base runner. It's not just the speed, it's uh, timing of the pitcher, it's understanding a favorable counts to run in. There has to be an element of knowing what a pitcher wants to do, knowing how a pitcher is going to attack a hitter and being able to guess breaking ball in the right scenario as a base runner. That is a very smart, thoughtful base runner. So maybe he doesn't go 30 for 32, and again, we're talking pace, but I wouldn't be surprised to see him go something like, 18 for 20 or you know 17 for 18 something along those lines and that's why I still feel good about his stolen base uh, projection because he's so efficient I think that number will still be nice and high for him with what else he does I absolutely agree with that uh, I think that's a very safe estimate for Yelich and uh, that you know that's probably enough to put him in the in the conversation for top fantasy producer as you know granted he's being drafted as such and uh, the, that stolen base production can definitely get him there. 
We'll get to a more surprising NL Central player in a second, but first, top performers in business and sports, like Christian Yelich, often attribute their success to their morning routine, whether it's waking up early, setting their goals for the day, exercise, or meditation. But not everyone has the time to do it all. With Hydrant, you can jumpstart your mornings. Hydrant creates flavored electrolyte packets you mix directly into your water to make hydrating your body easy and delicious. Each rapid hydration mix has the four essential electrolytes your body needs. Sodium, potassium, magnesium, and zinc help you hydrate quickly and stay hydrated all day. And Hydrant is backed by research. The formula was developed by Oxford scientists to provide perfectly balanced, efficient hydration. There's no synthetic colors or artificial sweeteners. The formula is vegan, and you can choose between three different flavors or a variety pack. Hydrant starts at just a bucket packet for a 30-day supply. You can save even more with a monthly subscription. And for 25% off your first order, go to drinkhydrant.com and enter the promo code BASEBALL at checkout. That's drinkhydrant.com and enter promo code BASEBALL for 25% off your first order. Drinkhydrant.com and enter promo code BASEBALL. And an even more surprising result is Matt Carpenter's. In this sim, he leads all hitters in terms of runs created per 27 outs. So essentially, what that says is that Carpenter's all-around offensive production has been the best through the first quarter of this simulated season. Uh, Michael, I, you know, it's, it's easy to understand why a sim would produce something like that. I mean, he's two years removed from a really good season, a season where he got really hot for about half of the schedule after a terrible first couple of months. But uh, 2019 was pretty miserable. He had a good September, but really the rest of the season, there were, were not a lot of hopeful signs there. Um, if you were owning Matt Carpenter in an actual uh, league, and uh, he was doing this well after a quarter of the schedule. Would you look to sell him? Yeah, absolutely. I, mean, I don't think we could expect uh, expect it to happen uh, after or for for an entire season. Now you threw me off there. I didn't think that's where you were going to go with the question, so I like it. Uh, I, I think with uh, with what we saw from Matt Carpenter first half 2018, and what we saw for most of Matt Carpenter. 2019 we got to think that that's the player who he is going into 2020 and there's still going to be some good uh he's still a guy who's going to take his walks he can still hit for power but if we're being realistic about where the Cardinals are going to be in this 2020 season Matt Carpenter's not going to be an everyday player I mean they just have too many bats to get into the lineup and even with an expanded roster that uh, we expect to push out to at least 30 players with some sort of taxi squad that they'll be able to tap into without having a minor league season most likely I just can't see Matt Carpenter being anything more than maybe, I think, at the best alongside platoon player. There are a lot of guys in that St. Louis lineup who they're going to want to get in there every single day, and I think the only guys who really are guaranteed everyday spots for them are Paul Goldschmidt, Colton Wong, Paul DeYoung, and then Yadier Molina, as much as a catcher is an everyday player. So I just don't think that Matt Carpenter is going to be anywhere near the playing time necessary to accumulate these sorts of numbers. And so maybe there'll be some good efficiency numbers coming from him if he has a bounce back season. But as far as counting stats go, I just don't think he's going to be much of a reliable source of anything. Yeah, well, and you make an excellent point about the crowded roster, and you know, he'd have to kind of put up these kinds of offensive numbers to be something more than a platoon player. So, uh, yeah, uh, there's there's a lot that's going against him in terms of having that that kind of season. Uh, now, moving over to the pitching side, Blake Snell, he is the sim leader in ERA with a 1.05 mark. Outstanding start of the sim season for Blake Snell. I know we're all treating him as a health risk, mm-hmm. but – how do you feel about Blake Snell's chance to have a complete bounce back to, to Cy Young form 
when he is healthy enough to pitch. Oh, I believe it 100%. I mean, it's the health that really only holds you back. It's the health and the price, right? I mean, if you're taking Blake Snell, and I think that taking Blake Snell in a draft where his ADP was before everything shut down, even though it wasn't for me, I totally get why people were doing it uh, because we know what the ceiling is when he's healthy. We just saw it a few years ago, and it was really, really damn good. So I get why you're taking Blake Snell. The problem is the health, and if you do take him, you are certainly, even if you take, even if you say, I am taking a starting pitcher here, it's between Blake Snell and X. X is a very good pitcher. You are passing on a really, really good starting pitcher who almost certainly has less injury questions attached to him than Blake Snell does. So that was always the problem for me. The ceiling and what he can be when he's healthy is not even close to a problem whatsoever. So to see him doing this well in the sim and for what it's worth in our athletic alternate universe, he also leads the the majors in ERA over there. He has a 1.25 ERA and we're about halfway through the season. So double where the uh, stratomatic sim is and he's still doing that well. I mean, that shows you uh, just how good of a pitcher he is. These sims are so intelligent. And, and so if the it shows you if the injury doesn't happen, that this is what is in his wheelhouse. So it doesn't surprise me to see it. He still won't be on a lot of the teams that I have this year just because that injury risk is real, and it's going to be even harder to predict how pitchers react in what is going to be a bizarre, shorter season this year. Yeah, well, and you know how intelligent this sim is. They've got Chichi Gonzalez in fourth place in ERA <laughs> at 1.77, and I am not being sarcastic here. <laughs> um, I also don't really expect Chichi Gonzalez to be quite that well, but he's been a deep league uh, late-round flyer for me because he was so good last September, and so I don't know if the sim is waiting that or if this is just an utter sim fluke, but I like Chichi Gonzalez getting some simulated love here. Uh, that is awesome. Uh, Blake Snell, by the way, also leading in K per nine ratio. In fifth place, not too far behind him is Kyle Gibson at 11.5. Now, he was just a little bit over a strikeout per inning in 2019, but I do feel like Kyle Gibson doesn't get enough credit for what he did last season because he was dealing with um, ulcerative colitis for uh, much, if not all, of the season. He got a, a late start due to uh, getting E. coli in the offseason. But if you take a, a chunk of uh, performances through sort of the middle portion of the season, uh, specifically April 21st to August 3rd. So not quite the middle, but basically if you can say this is, you know, when he finally kind of caught up after getting a late start, but not until he got really worn out uh, with the ulcerative colitis. During that that span, he threw 108, 108 in the third innings, 112 strikeouts, a 357 ERA, and a 1.18 whip. Um, so I don't know about 11 plus strikeouts per nine, but I think uh, Gibson is is underrated nonetheless. Yeah, I'm with you too. And he hasn't necessarily been a target of mine going back to pre-shutdown uh, days, but he is definitely someone who uh, suggests uh, of a pitcher who could have a good 2020 season or a better than expected 2020 season. And if this does nothing else, it drives home the fact that there are going to be guys like this every single year. How many of us expected, you know, a, a year and two months ago to then be looking a year later and saying that Shane Bieber was one of the 10 best starters uh, in Major League Baseball and an easy top 10 pick as far as starting pitchers go in fantasy leagues, right? Not a lot of people thought that was going to be the case, and now we take it as conventional wisdom. So there are always going to be pitchers who are like this. There's going to be someone who we're taking among the first 10 or 12 starting pitchers in 2021 who we wouldn't have expected to be there at this point. And what you have to do is look for guys 
who suggest that that could be a realistic outcome for them. I think with what we saw or what we saw from Gibson last year, that he deserves to be considered as part of that group, certainly for this season. Uh, yeah, I think so too. Uh, I think he's being overlooked as, as that sort of uh, candidate for 2020. Uh, and in any event, we're just kind of uh, cherry picking some of the more interesting outcomes from this sim, but you can go to uh, stratomatic.com. And of course, there's the hyphens in there, strat-o-matic.com. Uh, and uh, check out more about their 2020 sim. And also, be sure to check out our featured read of the day from Nando DeFito, uh, right on The Athletic, his fantasy notebook, SP, SP Velocity in an 80-game season, Dynasty League tweaks, and more. Nando takes a look at uh, the uh, proposal that seems to be shaping up for a season and what that might mean for fantasy. So check that out. And uh, we are going to check out from this episode of Fantasy Baseball in 15. If you're not already a subscriber to The Athletic, you can get 40% off of a subscription at theathletic.com slash baseball in 15 or check out The Athletic through a 90-day free trial. And either way, uh, everything that we do is included with your subscription. If you're enjoying this podcast on a platform that lets you leave a rating and a review, we would greatly appreciate it if you take the time to do that. So for Michael Beller, I'm Al Melker. And we'll be back with you on Wednesday. Mm-hmm.